Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi guys, this is Emily and Barney. You might remember us from episode one. That was on Monday. <laughs> it was. Right now, I want to say... Buenos Aires to our new American friend, Jim Fall. Emily, that was the worst Italian accent I think I've ever heard in my life. I learned it from Hilary Duff. Ah, touche, touche. <laughs> but you heard us right. Today we're speaking with director Jim Fall, the love of our life. No understatement. Who gave us the Hilary Duff classic, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Where's this Academy Award? Honestly, I've been petitioning, I've been protesting, it's a, it's a whole thing. Petition in bio. <laughs> so not only does Jim give us some incredible insight into shooting the movie in Italy, but we finally get some leads on Margaret Chan. Now that is what dreams are made of. So are you ready to drop dead with us in three, two, one? We, we basically, we wanted to start by saying we think you were robbed by the Academy. You know, you definitely deserve an award. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, it was interesting. Even, even my very wise executive, a woman named Karen Glass, who was one of the people who hired me to make the movie at Disney. She, you know, when I was editing the movie... And, you know, I was really excited. I thought the movie the movie is going to be great. And she, she saw how excited I was. And she kind of sat me down and she said, you know, Jim, <laughs> it's not going to get good reviews. And she wasn't saying it to be mean. Because, you know, these kinds of movies, first of all, it's a kid's movie. First of all, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, and it's a comedy. And com- comedies rarely get good reviews. So she kind of just made sure I knew, you know, to not be disappointed when you know the serious reviewers don't love the movie and you know she was kind of right it didn't get like amazing reviews but the audience loved it we had a test screening with kids the audience you know uh i don't know how old they were nine ten year old all of the disney brass were there and it got a 96 which is really rare that's like really high and they they all came out of the screening going the head of disney uh dick cook at that point walked by me and said uh, you, you brought home the bacon or whatever it was. You did something like, you know, you, 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 you know, you did a good job, kid. And it was like, <laughs> so anyway, that was nice to know. That's so Incredible. nice. I mean, it's wild how a film can have as much longevity as this one. Like it, it's a cult classic among this generation, you know, People are still dressing as Lizzie and Isabella all these years later. <laughs> People are still singing the songs. People are still naming podcasts after it. So, 
you you did something right. Did, did do you feel like there was potential for for it to be a, this cult classic? Like, did you did you think that this would stand the test of time as it did? You know, I didn't necessarily know. You know, you never really you, you, when you're making a movie, you're too busy making the movie to even get past. You know, thinking about what it's going to do, and I think after having made it was only my second film, and the first film was a completely different but similar experience in that I learned from my first movie trick that if I just follow my instincts, no matter how sweet or, or corny or silly they may be, you know, I didn't make the Lizzie McGuire movie for an audience. I made it for me. It's like the movie makes me laugh and smile and cry and all those things. So I, I made the movie because I wanted to enjoy it. And I, and I learned from my first movie that, Oh, audiences enjoyed, loved my first movie. And I made that movie for me also. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I just followed my own instincts and it was a, it was, um, you know, it was the right pairing too. I mean, luckily Disney saw in my first movie and in me, my enthusiasm, and it, it takes a certain, I don't know, a, a mentality to want to make a movie in this, genre and do it well and not just phone it in you know so yeah i know so the answer to your question no i had no idea but i'm happy that that all the stuff i put in that movie has resonated all these years we love your gut that it, <laughs> that it made you um you know that you followed your heart and you you made this film you deserve all the success from this because it is so so amazing and that oscar definitely needs to be in your downstairs bathroom <laughs> well, maybe people. you should start a petition yes start a petition i'll i'll, I'll support you yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start today <laughs> so can we start with this first question and this might be a random one that you've never been asked before we wanted to know who is margaret chan was she was she an actress was she a stock image <laughs> because we so in our, in our podcast we have named margaret chan our best supporting character and we know nothing about her <laughs> so i'm hoping you can shed some light you know I, I i wish i could shed more light unfortunately when you know that was written into the script and uh we cast her i'm pretty sure that i was presented with a few actresses and then it might have just been her photograph and she had such a silly sweet smile i thought okay that's margaret chan and then they took pictures of her and blew it up into that poster which i wish i had kept i don't know what why but you know i'm when you're again you're so busy making a movie you don't think about stuff you should have snagged from the set i wish i had it but um i don't yeah so i i guess i'm not really filling in much much detail but she was just a really, really, uh, I believe, a, a Canadian actress who we just we took a picture of her and she became Margaret Chan. That's amazing because we were wondering. <laughs> I wish we could track her down. I know. Along with this petition, we'll also do a, a grand search. <laughs> Margaret Chan, who are you? <laughs> I wonder if there if she's listed in the credits now. I don't know if she's even listed in the credits. So, I bet she. Well, we is. we scrolled through IMDb and she's not listed, but that is a really good shot. We we need to get on Disney Plus and find mm. those credits. I, I could track down my cast, my, my, I had Canadian casting uh, people also, which maybe I could find yeah. out from them if they know who she is. It'd be funny. As a woman, I've got that instinctive FBI quality. So maybe <laughs> I'm the right one to start this league. It probably wouldn't be too hard to figure out. 
it would be so good to find her. Before we we spoken to you today, and we were we were talking to you about going to Rome and doing um yeah. kind of like a walking Rome tour, like a Lizzie McGuire movie tour. And you yeah. gave us some amazing tips, and we were hoping that maybe you could share some of those in case our our listeners also wanted to do the same thing. Well, I mean, the beauty of of one story about just doing that was, you know, when you make a movie in a in a, in a location that's foreign from you, you we went on a um, initial location scout two weeks before we started shooting the movie, or maybe more, a month before actually, and so we got to spend. I got to spend with my key, you know, my my my, my cinematographer, my my production designer, one of the producers, and some other uh, other uh, crew members. We went to Rome and got shown, you know, basically we were taking ev- taken everywhere in Rome, which was like an amazing tour of the city. And, you know, to get, you know, to, to basically lock down the locations because, uh, you know, you have to you have to formally get permits and do all that kind of stuff has to be done ahead of time. You can't just show up and shoot a movie. Although we did kind of, we had a permit, but we showed up at the Trevi Fountain. And most of those people in the background are literally just tourists. And they're oh. like, we're shoved in this, like we couldn't shut down the Trevi Fountain, so we, it was packed with people, as was the Spanish Steps, and uh, so many of them are are tourists in the background. I mean, at least maybe they're not, maybe they didn't end up in the movie actually, but oh my god, it was not, it was fun, but it was not easy trying to shoot that stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, most of it that's in the movie. I wish, I wish uh, there's a part of Rome called uh, I'm not going to pronounce it right, Trastevere. Um, which is across the river, and that's where the Hotel Gambini, which does not exist, that we made that sign, that neon sign was made for the movie, and the, all the interiors are sets in Vancouver. In, uh, in, uh, Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the exterior of what was the hotel, that sort of pie-shaped building, which you don't see too much in the movie, uh, is in a part, I'm not going to pronounce it right, but Trastevere, Trastevere, it wouldn't be hard to find because it's right in this right in this little center like courtyard area that I bet if you just walked over the bridge to that area of Rome you would literally bump into that little place. Yeah. But yeah, the Spanish Steps, you know, the Colosseum, the uh, Tivoli Gardens, which is outside of Rome, so that's a little bit of a drive. That's yeah. where they run and go and stand under the, under the fountain. Um, hmm, trying to think, <laughs> what else did we shoot? You know. Well, I can't think of, uh, I'm probably forgetting something completely obvious, but um, those are the highlights. So oh, the forum, the forum, the, the, the Roman forum, okay. where Ms. Ungermeyer, where she's standing there in front of the forum, um, and, you know, the, that, that whole scene, that's, that's again, a tour, easily found in Rome. So all those places you have to go and would want to go anyway, whether you watch this year or not. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we're, we're definitely going right. and we'll send you a postcard, obviously. <laughs> you have to, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to ask, uh, obviously you, you've directed a film prior to this, but how were you approached to direct the Liz McGuire movie? Well, uh, I wasn't so much approached as what happens. Like, you know, I made one movie, it was called Trick. It went to Sundance. It was an indie film. It did relatively well. And then, you know, you're suddenly this new director on the scene, right? So I had an agent and... You know, in order to sort of get your filmmaking credibility in Hollywood, you have to, you have to, if you want to, you need to sort of direct a studio movie as opposed to an independent film. So my agent was looking for a movie that was a studio film that seemed like the right fit for me. And um, along comes a Lizzie McGuire movie script, which he sent me. And at that point, I had, I didn't know what the hell Lizzie McGuire was. I didn't, I had never seen the show. I, 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 I had no idea what it was. 
I read the script and I thought, okay, this is really sweet and funny. And, and, and it's a you know class trip to Rome and it's a, a little love story and it's music, got musical numbers. I'm like all the things I love. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure other directors met on the movie, like, cause what happens is you go into Disney and you, you pitch yourself to the executives, right? And there were two executives, Karen Glass and Doug Short. Doug is, Doug is gay also. And he had seen my film trick, which is a gay romantic comedy. So he had known it well and thought it was great. And I think Disney, they said Disney wanted somebody very much outside of the television show. Like there were a bunch of directors, I think that had directed the TV show episodes of the TV show, but they wanted someone outside of that. So it wasn't just a, you know, they didn't want the movie to look like a TV show and I didn't either. Yay, Doug. <laughs> right? So, so they brought me in and I, they said I was the most enthusiastic. I, mean, I did something I'd never done. I, I had typed up, yeah, as any script, I had some issues initially. Um, there was like, at one point there was, an early draft had a roller skating scene in the Pantheon, um, which is a tomb. <laughs> so, you know, roller skating in a tomb is probably not the best idea. So like, like things like that had to be had to be rewritten and shifted. But that's, you know, any early draft of a script uh, would have had similar issues, although one would question the conception of a roller skating scene in a tomb. But anyway, so, you know, I kind of pitched how I would fix the script and and I gave them five pages of notes and I left the notes with them because I said, figured if you hire me, this is what I'm going to do. If you don't, you need these notes. So they hired me. Oh, Amazing. I'm so pleased they hired you. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know where we've heard this, but we have heard that working on a Disney film does have its perks in terms of like the catering on the side and... <laughs> And things like this. And we were wondering, did you get like a gelato fund? <laughs> well, no, you know what? I mean, there weren't, no, I mean, to be honest, there weren't any specific Disney perks per se, other than the fact that my first movie, the budget was $450,000 and the budget for Lizzie was $17 million. So there was oh. like, you know, but that sounds like a lot of money. But when you're in Rome and you've brought everybody there and you're paying for all this stuff, it wasn't like a, you know, uh, ultra glamorous shoot. It was, you know, it was uh, the beauty was just being in this wonderful city where the food is just good, no matter where you go. Um, yes, there was gelato, but it wasn't like you know, a catered gelato bar every day. There was nothing like that. But you know, we got to go to Rome and shoot on location, which was, uh, you know, a big deal. But still, it's making making any movie. You never have enough time. There's never enough money, especially with uh, a young actress. Hillary was only fifteen. So we only had her for a short amount of time because of the labor laws. You know, you can't work a kid to death. You can only have them a few hours a day. And so it was always this rush to just get her close-ups. And then um, half the time, most of the time, if not all the time, when we flipped around to get the other actors close-ups, it's not her shoulder or the back of her head in the frame because we couldn't afford to have Hillary standing there just to get her shoulder for the other shot, which is harder on the other actor because then the other actor has to play against a stand-in, you know? Mm, um, and that can be hard on an actor, but it, it, it worked out. It worked. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Obviously, Hilary Duff is no longer 15. She's, she's in her 30s. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how closely you've been following the franchise, but this Lizzie McGuire reboot has been announced. And there's already been a bit of controversy around it there was a hiatus because the show's creator dropped out have there been any discussions with you about getting involved in the reboot i i wish you know what no 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 i really don't have any inside scoop uh, other than what has been in the in the in the news and the trades and, and no i hadn't at that point been approached at all for the tv show it's it's sad to me that terry minsky stepped away from it and and whatever from I mean, you guys know as much as I do about what went down. I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. there's there's you know supposedly you know Hillary's a producer on it too. I guess she wanted a more um, adult take on the show, which I think sounds like a good idea. You can still have an adult character and have it have be fun. Oh, totally. Um, exactly. So the intel we have is that uh, Hillary and Terry wanted it to be more adult, but Disney were yes. the ones pushing back. Yeah. So I'm sure that's what that's what it is, yeah. Um, yeah. But I only know that from the news. I don't know anything else. Yeah. Right. Oh. Well, let's yeah. hope. But I would love to. I would love to be involved. I mean, I would. I I'm hoping it goes because, of course, I would love to direct an episode or two ultimately, and you know, and that's that would be a fun reunion just for me. Yeah. Oh. Um. And we. Just so need, I hope they get it together. We need a scene where Lizzie's in a wine bar. And it's like. Hey, remember when I was an international pop star? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. I know, you know, I know, I agree with you. A couple of years ago, before they even announced this, 
Um, I'm sure it must have been already in talks because it, it doesn't take a rocket a rocket scientist to to figure out that someone should do a sequel. But I was I was talking to one of my one of the executives at Hardman. I said, you know, it would be really fun to get this group together. I wanted to do a movie. I thought it'd be really fun if they did another movie and had like a class reunion and went to some another fun city and more adventures because I would love to know what happened to Paolo and I want her to run into Paolo in New York and he's like you know a barista or something who yeah. knows what he's doing <laughs> he can't sing and they fall, and then they actually fall in love for real this time because he's been humbled and he's not an asshole anymore <laughs> that would literally oh my goodness you have to manifest it Jim to speak it into into the universe I mean wouldn't that be great oh, it would be so <laughs> that would amazing. be great it would be so cool if we could do all like the little synergies from the beginning film to yes. <laughs> to 30 years on. Yeah. She can open the fridge and that big wheel of cheese is in there still because it was so big. <laughs> she's still getting through it. Yeah, she's still getting through that. Because <laughs> we were kind of thinking as well, we were like, oh, poor Adam Lamberg, you know. We feel so sorry yeah, for I him. Because, you know, he's kind of like, oh, I'm back. And then it's like, no, you're no, not. You're not. <laughs> I know, but you know what? There, I, I, who knows what they developed for the for the series? I have no idea. But it would be great to make him like three dimensional, have him be a happy life, and still not have a happy life, and not be mooning after uh, Hillary forever. I mean, you know, Lizzie forever. And I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure they've they've discussed all these things. Yeah. But uh, I hope the show happens. I really do. Oh gosh, so do we. So obviously, the the film is perfection, but. We couldn't help but notice that there is a Miranda-shaped hole. So I guess I wanted to ask, was was the plan always that she was not going to appear in the film? Or was that something that happened down the line? It was something that I that was already in play when I got involved. So they wrote the script, you know, the script had already been developed without her character. And I think that stems from the TV show, because if, if I don't, you probably know the TV show better than I do, but supposedly the last episodes did not have Miranda either. That's so that's true. she was missing. I think there were some, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know because I wasn't part of the TV show. All that had already happened. I was just informed she's not in the, and there's that one, you know, line about her being in Mexico. <laughs> saying, okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> just a great way to kind of get rid of someone, you know. Oh yeah, they just went to Mexico. <laughs> oh, she's in Mexico. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, from what I understand, there was some issue, I don't know what it was, but it had already happened on the TV show. So the movie, I guess, whatever it was, hadn't been resolved. And so they made the movie without her. But now, you know, they just did a reading of an, an episode and she was in the, in the Zoom reading. Did you see that? I'm sure you guys yes. saw it. Did. So I, I guess whatever issue it was has been resolved. And, you know, I'm just happy to see her back. But yeah, I, I inherited that issue and it was just, a given by the time yeah. I was there. It wasn't your fault, Jim. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't I didn't fire her. I did not. <laughs> so looking back, is there is there anything you would have done differently on the film? Oh, you know, that's always hard. You know, when you make a movie, of course you watch you know, it's even sometimes it's hard to watch your own stuff at first. because um, you see all the things that you wish you had I mean, I can't really point out anything I would have done differently. Like for good or bad, I think it all cumulatively adds up to a movie that people enjoyed and loved. And sure, there's some silly things and some goofy choices and some, you know, but there, I think there's just a sweet buoyancy to the movie that carries you through. And of course, you're supposed to suspend your disbelief. Of course, you can, you can, you could start punching holes in the story, you know, from the beginning. I mean, and I remember reading the script going, 
So she's sneaking off with an Italian guy, and there's only one shot, and there's only one chaperone, and it's like, what? Stranger danger. So, exactly, stranger. I mean, that even back, you know, 17 years ago, I remember reading the script, and that gave me pause. But I'm like, okay, we'll just make this work. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's the romance. It's the romance of it all. But if you start really analyzing some of it it's like you could you know you would give you pause but listen it's it's so it's such a sweet innocent you know movie that there's there's nothing inherently creepy about any of it no i don't think maybe sergey he was he was a little bit shifty but (laughs) you know he was a security guard i know cut him some slack (laughs) but he's got a heart of gold too he's trying to he's actually the one who like you know I, I wish I'd gotten, that's one thing I wish I'd done. I wish I had gotten a little more uh, close-ups and stuff with Sergey because I had him always in the background, though, a little bit questioning Paolo's motives. And and Sergey had a subtle arc where he was not thrilled with what Paolo was doing. And, of course, at the end, he basically, you know, he says, you know, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the line, but he, he, you know. Something like if Paolo can't, Sing the music. Now he must face the music. Face the music. Yes, that's the line. And there was a little more to his character in my mind, but we just, you know, we didn't have time to cover his reactions to things. Like even in even in the scene, even even in the scene in the Coliseum where they're backstage, and I don't know. There's a few moments I wish I had close-ups of him reacting that would have added some stuff. But what are you going to do? Yeah, as Barney says, save it for the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) so was there any kind of behind the scenes goss you know we were thinking obviously Alex Borstein was in the film and stuff and she's a pretty funny amazing woman so we were just wondering if there were any kind of hilarious moments that you really remember well you know again you're making a movie it's so crazy and you don't get to just hang out and have all this fun time although the cast has a lot more time so from what I understand you know because a lot of the kids that that we, we brought a handful of extras with us from Vancouver so there'd be some continuity right so, so some of those background um, students got a free trip to Rome also so we'd had some <laughs> continuity they're also you probably know they're also a little bit older than middle school because we you know again because of child labor laws we needed uh, actors who were 18 who looked a little younger sure. um, yeah. so uh, from what I hear, they all like went out and had fun. And I think Alex like went out with a lot of them, and we just they had a fun time while I was while I was hard at work. So I, you know, Alex is hilarious, and it was amazing having her on the set because she's just one of the funniest people with that dry sense of humor of hers. And so many of her lines, so many of her like junk in the trunk, and you want a piece of that? You want a piece of younger bar? Slap and slapping her butt like that. That was all like she had lived a lot of that stuff. No way. And I can't believe. I can't believe Disney let me keep it in. I mean, she she says, "Do you want a piece of that? Do you want a piece of the Ungermeyer?" And she slaps her butt at Sergey. <laughs> and I I could have sworn Disney was saying, mm, "You got to cut that out." No, we left it in. They well, were fine. Walt loved that. Mickey was like, "That's staying in." <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a piece of the Ungermeyer? I mean, that that was the line. I mean, the the line was in the script, but her slapping her butt, she did on her own and. 
I left it in, thinking they would ask me to cut it, yeah. and they didn't. We now need an Ungamaya action figure with like a pull string that says, <laughs> like, you want a piece of the Ungamaya. <laughs> with real butt slapping action. <laughs> she is my spirit animal, that is for sure. Forever, forever. <laughs> the Instagram series you did, posting all these behind-the-scenes photos, are just yeah. incredible. I am so thankful that you you saved them after all these years. That's incredible. Well, it's funny. I mean, I had, I had, you pretty much, I pretty much put everyone up that I had. And I realized it just sort of dawned on me that I was just flipping through Instagram and realizing, oh my God, there's all of these Hillary Duff and Lizzie McGuire movie fans. Like, what? What is this? It kind of, I kind of, uh, you know, I realized, holy damn, I've got, I've got all these photos. Why don't I paste? You know, I didn't want to be like, you know, sometimes, I don't know. I didn't want to just, toot my own horn and post photos of my movie and like, you know, look how great it is. But I thought, no way, there's all these fans that would love to see this stuff. And um, so I just dug them all out. And the the good news was I had an assistant, um, Trevor, on the movie. And I told him basically to take pictures all the time. Just take pictures. That's all I want you to do. Because on my first movie, I didn't have anybody taking pictures. I had no, I don't have many pictures of my first film. So on this movie, I'm like, damn it. I want pictures. (laughs) So I know, so I can, you know, thanks. Thankfully he took so many of those photos. um, And I have all those, you know, so, yeah. Well, as your new friends, we just want to say that you need to definitely post and kind of toot your own horn with, (laughs) with the Lizzie McGuire movie. Like (laughs) you deserve all the recognition for this. It's Uh the fans love it. Thank you. (laughs) So do you you have, so uh, I had an interview, this was all shot on 35 millimeter film. Like it it looks beautiful. Do you have a particular favorite shot setup or a favorite scene that you're just like, you know what, that was really good. (laughs) And you can toot your own horn about it. Yes, I mean, I, I'm proud of how the movie looks because I had an amazing cinematographer, a man named Jerzy Zielinski, who shot Galaxy Quest and the movie called Powder and some Jim Carrey movies. And the funny thing is, um, I had wanted to use my original uh, cinematographer for my first movie, but he wasn't available. And then Disney recommended him. And it was his idea to shoot widescreen as opposed to, you know, 185, which is a little bit more square. And then, you know, 235 is wide and i'm like yes we're going to shoot this movie you know wide i want it to look beautiful we're going to be in rome let's make this thing as classy as we can make it um he did he just did a beautiful job in every shot i think there isn't one of the shots i love and it's going to seem like a random one is when lizzie runs in the bedroom and she finds out that gordo's missing when she walks, when she first walks in the bedroom, if you freeze that frame, it's actually a really beautiful shot because there's a mirror. <laughs> when she walks in the bedroom and she sees Kate, the wide shot of her when she first walks in, there's a reflection of Kate in two mirrors to the left of Lizzie. And it goes by fast, but it's it's a shot I always thought was really pretty. Um, and then, of course, I think my favorite sequence is when they're in the empty theater and he's teaching her how to lip sync. That sequence we shot actually in Vancouver in this really cool, beautiful theater. And the opening shot with the light, you know, I wanted a shot where the door opens and it's just a shaft of light and then all the lights come on and then they sing and that whole you know, like dance montage. That whole sequence, I don't know, it's probably my favorite sequence. And of course, the dance number two. I'm proud of that. I think that's really fun. Now, speaking about the dance sequence, the, we just got to take a minute and talk about the soundtrack because it's so iconic, you know. 
kudos to your music supervisor because oh you've got the end sequence you've got rupaul during the runway scene and you've got so this is something i want to ask you about you have atomic kittens cover of the tide is high (laughs) yes now so atomic kitten they were big in the uk really big but i imagine they have a u.s audience of zero so how did that come about well, I can tell you, most of those songs, I had a wonderful musical supervisor named Elliot Lurie, who was great. But uh, again, tooting my own horn, so much of the, uh, almost everything you mentioned were choices I had made. When we were shooting in Rome, we shot in Rome first. We shot all the um, exteriors first while all the sets were being built in Vancouver, right? So we sure. came back to Vancouver, then all the interiors were shot afterwards. <clears throat> while I was in, while I was getting ready to go to the set in my hotel, I had some Italian music station on, and that Atomic Kitten video of the Tide is High was on the TV. And I'm like, and and the three of them are like walking toward the camera. One is hugely pregnant. Yeah, like and they're singing. Pregnant. <laughs> I know it was like the it was like what? And I love that song. And I loved the medley. There was another song they worked into it, and I'm like, this is great. And then when we got back to Vancouver. Disney was, we hadn't shot the bedroom scene yet. We didn't know, I, I didn't know what I wanted her to sing at the beginning of the movie. And Disney had said, give me a list of songs that Disney radio kids liked. And a lot of them were a little risque, like wake me up before you go, go. That was a choice. I'm like, wait a minute. That's like about a one night stand. Uh, I'm sure that's not. <laughs> then the Disney music executive said, listed the tide is high as one of the songs that is popular, I guess on the Disney and I'm like, wait a minute, I heard this amazing version of Atomic Kitten. So we got the song because I had seen it on the TV and they had to re-record a couple lines because there's a couple lines that are a little um, uh, a little naughty, like if you think about it. There's like some, a line that says, a moment's pain for a lifetime's pleasure. It's like, ooh, oh, oh, I yeah. don't know about that one. <laughs> so uh, in the movie... In the movie, you hear the original lyrics. On the album, it's the slightly re-recorded version. So the lyrics are different. Um, so you so listen to that. You'll, you'll find that. The other thing is Volare. I was trying to find... Well, the Dean Martin song was one I picked. I, was just, I literally Googled like what Italian songs. I love Dean Martin. So that was, oh. that was my choice also. And then um, Volare was another... I was like, what Italian songs? Like, what are there? And then Volare is a very old, well-known Italian song. Yeah. And... I had suggested that, and so the, the they went away and made that that fun rock version, dance version of Volare. But the story behind that is Vitamin C sings it on the soundtrack, but in the movie, it's the demo version. Because I, I mean, no no offense to Vitamin C, but I fell in love with the original demo that I heard, and it was just some session singer, I think a German session singer. I don't even know who it was. Yeah. So the version in the movie is different than the version on the album. It's vitamin C on the album, but it's not vitamin C in the movie. Amazing. Um, You're blowing our minds, Jim. And, and, and the sad thing about, about um, the RuPaul song is that Disney wouldn't let me use RuPaul's version. Well, I noticed that. It's definitely not him singing, which is... No, it's Taylor Dane who did a great job, and she's great. And it, it was, you know, it was fun to do. I guess in some ways it really is just in some ways more fun to have a remake, I guess. But I originally wanted... RuPaul's version, but at that time RuPaul wasn't a wasn't a household name, and uh, you know it was a drag queen. So I think Disney was a little concerned about a drag queen singing a song. So we, we recorded it, which is like all right, but 
Kayla Dane did a great job and it's a fun race. It's fine. It's great. And Jim, I'm not sure if you're uh, a fan of Drag Race, but if you caught the last season, one of the Queen's entrance looks was a recreation of Lizzie's igloo dress. So it's kind of like a full circle moment. Are you kidding me? I didn't see that. Uh, no. So uh, the Queen's name is Ariel Versace. And she comes in in the igloo dress and her opening line is, this is what dreams are made of. Amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> now I got to Google that. I, I, I can't believe nobody told me about that. I can't um, believe no one told you about we'll, we'll DM you the link. Two more, two more quick music stories too is Open Your Eyes to Love was a song written by my friend David Friedman who wrote the song and the score for my first movie. So I brought him into wow. this to write a song for Lizzie. And then... What Dreams Are Made Of was written by Dean Kitchford. Dean and I had become friends because he, he wrote Footloose. If you look him up, he wrote a hundred million things. He wrote Fame. He co-wrote Fame. He wrote Footloose. He wrote all these amazing, iconic songs. And he and I had become friends because for a hot second, I was going to direct a version of Footloose for TV. This was back in the early, you know, 2001, but that didn't happen. So I asked him to write the song and they didn't like it at first. Like they didn't like it. Like Hillary, I don't think Hillary's music people liked it. Uh, and and I loved it. Dean loved it. And then luckily, um, Dean went, you know, to bat for the song and convinced them it's right. And it, it is right. It's a, it's a fun, it's a great song. So I'm proud of that too, because we had to fight for that song. And all those choices were stuff that I had wow. come up with. On behalf of yeah. millions, thank you for fighting for that song. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. For the end, Jim, we do need to say that, you know, if you do get to do the reboot, please, can we be in it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh, if there's a reboot movie, yes, definitely, because then I'll be the director and I'll, I can just, you know, say I want you guys in it. Yes. But if I'm hired to direct an episode of the TV show, I'll, of course, have less control. So I'll, you'll have to fly over on your own dime and I will, I'll wedge you in somehow. I'll wedge you in. Listen, uh, the flight's already booked, Jim. It's, it's happening. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll be like cute little extras and, you know, in the back. <laughs> The two, the two English exchange students who are, who are 27 years old. Who are 27. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so, so much for speaking with us, Jim. We really, really my appreciate pleasure. it. My pleasure. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 